Hello ladies, gentlemen, Daniel. My name is Jordan Lewis. I'll be your own personal homie today. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Reevolve Media Revolution Podcast, featuring Reiji. Now loyalty isn't everything. You can actually get people on your side much easier by controlling and manipulating them. You know, a couple of lies, maybe an inaccurate flex here and there. Smash the camera. In fact, you don't even have to communicate with them. Maybe when it's convenient for you or when you need something, but otherwise, you're on social media. They know you see their content. You don't need to talk about it or promote it. Help, you don't even have to pay your sweet, juicy attention. And yes, I know that's what you call your rump, your hiney, but I'm talking about your focus. You're focused on you. Any time spent focusing on friends or family, now that's a waste. You don't waste your time. You can't binge Netflix or video games on wasted time or hypothetically contemplate your next moves. No action, no action. It's not the right time yet. You'll know when you're ready. You're the hardest worker you know, and it's going to stay that way because you're not going to get to know anyone. All right, I'm going to cut the sarcasm right here. I know it's a little abrupt, but this was supposed to be a joke, but I'm actually starting to feel kind of just like a type of way running mentally through the list of people that this applies to in my life. Percentage-wise, maybe it's like 99.9. I've been public about being a creator for about seven years now, and I've been a decent human being for at least nine or ten previously, yet no one ever actually reaches out to me. And I'm not innocent either. It's only as of late that I've been making an effort to communicate with people extensively, and the reactions have been interesting. I'm finding that the people I used to call best friends are not responding or never reciprocating, initiating the communication, and people I hardly knew or knew for only a brief period of time have surprised me by not only continuing conversations, but have recommended me books which I bought, or reminisced on shared memories, uh, like absolutely legendary ones that I completely forgot about. And we've even planned to meet in the future for some of them. Like I said, I'm not innocent on kind of the lacking of beforehand, but I really wish I made an effort over the last few years. I'm not going to waste this realization that I've had, which is the opportunity to love boundlessly moving forward. Through this interview with Reiji, I've been able to realize what it means to be an effective member of society. He's an amazing example of why and how you should have started yesterday. It's not too late. Reach out. Welcome, everybody. I'm here with Raymond. He goes by Reiji. He's based out of Toronto. How you doing, Reiji? Pretty good, man. How's you? Yeah, I'm doing great, brother. I'm doing great. So, uh, were you born and raised out of Toronto? Uh, not. My uh, history is a little bit uh, back and forth. I was uh, born in Hong Kong. Oh, okay. Yeah. But uh, I'm, I'm pure Filipino, or as pure as a Filipino can get. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I feel yeah. you. Um, and then, uh, born in Hong Kong, less than a year old, moved back to Philippines. And then at six years old, uh, we immigrated to Canada, and I've been living Whoa. here ever since. Wow. How long did your parents live in Hong Kong for? I think they were there for maybe two or three years. Two or three years, okay. Uh, yeah, it's long enough for my mom to learn um, Cantonese. That's all I know. <laughs> oh, that's awesome, man. Yeah. That's awesome. Okay, so then you went to the, you went back to the Philippines and then... Yeah, so Philippines, I guess you could say age of one. And then at the age of six, uh, we moved again to Canada. And uh, I've been living here ever since uh, Toronto. So ever since I moved here, I've been a Toronto boy. That's wild, man. So Toronto is home for all intents and purposes, right? Mm-hmm, exactly. Do you go back to the Philippines very often or had you before uh, COVID and everything? Yeah, actually, I was just there uh, right when uh, COVID hit. Oh, no was, way. Uh, yeah, we were doing a, 
uh, we were headlining a show there with the rest of my group, Southeast Cartel. Man, that's awesome. Yeah. I want to talk about Southeast Cartel a little bit, actually. Yeah. Want to elaborate on that? What, what are they to you? So Southeast Cartel is, is like a, I would say it's like a super group, similar super group. to um, Wu-Tang Clan, so to speak. All right, all right. Um, but we're all uh, a bunch of uh, Filipino Canadians from uh, the general Toronto area. So that's the GTA. So in case yeah. uh, I forget and I start using like uh, short forms, GTA is just the general Toronto area. I thought it was Toronto. greater Toronto area. Yeah, sorry, greater Toronto area, yeah. GTA. Uh-huh, okay, yeah, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. I feel you. No, it's, you're used yeah. to using the acronyms. That's yeah. cool. Um, so we're, we're, we're all over the GTA. Um, all of us, uh, I would say grew up or was raised in Philippines, moved here at some point in our lives yeah. and, uh, just been making music. So most of our songs are, there's a lot of Tagalog in there and English. Yeah. I seen that. So, man. so it's a mix. Yeah. So we've been at it for about 10 years now. So Damn, we're about to so celebrate. With them, years. did you start as an audio engineer and then you've kind of slowly started to, into the, the rap game? No, actually, uh, I started off just uh as a you know aspiring uh rapper so okay. in high school i think when i was grade 10 yeah grade 10 grade 11 in high school here uh the internet came, came up and and the age of it's not even sound soundcloud rappers we were the sound click rappers i don't know if you've heard of sound click yeah uh, it's vaguely memorable to yeah. me but go on so sound click was like the first uh online music sharing platform way before right. soundcloud and myspace and all that yeah and uh, there's where a lot of the uh, Filipinos from not just Canada, but all over the world would, would come and, and upload songs and, and share music. And uh, that's where I first started putting out songs with my first group called Sundalos. So that was me and my high school friends. That's wild, man. So yeah. roughly how many years ago was that? It's like I'm 30 now. So let's say half of my life I've been making music. Oh, wow, dude. Yeah. That's incredible. And, and my question is, is there still kind of a, that same-ish community? I don't know if you guys built a community back then mm. in the sound click days but is there still kind of a same like are there still some people involved back then or that today that were there back then i would say uh not so much anymore because okay. uh, at, at that point it was mostly people in high school making music right we we're just sharing and then uh, i see it wasn't really like community it was more of just getting it out there yeah, it's it's more of like an online community. So we don't really, you know, physically hang out or see each other. Okay. You know, we'd be all the way from Toronto and, and our label mates or our group mates all the way in like Calgary. Yeah, and, even, and back then communication was pretty limited, so... Yes. And um, so at that point, it was it was mainly online. And uh, as people grew older, you know, they got full time jobs and, and different careers and a lot of them let go of, of music. But there's a few like uh, Southeast Cartel. Majority of us were actually part of that SoundClick era. We were no way. Like, the last generation. Yeah. So we're like the last people that actually was on SoundClick heavy. Uh, and then a couple of years later, most of the community died down and we still kept going. So we're, we're basically uh, from the old generation, but we're making... That's- down, you know, Wild, music down. man. So you guys have, uh, some of you have 15 years of rapport. Yeah, yeah. That's crazy, man. And you guys have a crazy amount of content on YouTube. If I had my work cut out to me for me, if I sifted through it, like, oh, I think word. there's live performances <laughs> from up to like eight years ago. Yeah, man. We, uh, what's it called? About about eight to nine years ago, we kind of realized the value of putting out content online. Because uh, before that, we have a we have an underground community in Toronto. So we would do shows. We perform here. There'd be battles, freestyles, ciphers. 
So we do all of that, but we realize that internet is really where a lot of the music is headed, where a lot of people are on. So since about eight eight years ago, we, we started putting out more stuff. That's wild, man. And my question for Southeast Cartel, actually, is there kind of like a hierarchy involved? Is there like a, a leader or a boss at the top? Mm. And- so initially, even when we, we uh, start, I wouldn't say we started Southeast because Southeast Cartel was already formed by one of the guys in the group. His name is uh, Franchise, right? So yeah, uh, Southeast Cartel was running for about two years before I entered it. And the past two years, it was three other members that, that were uh, in South in uh, Southeast Cartel. One of them, uh, his name was Dagamuffin. He passed away already. And the Sorry uh, to hear. yeah, and the second guy, he what's his name again? Lyrical Abstract. He he kind of put down his pen, and he, he I think he became a doctor or something. He was he was doing some some kind of really extensive uh, okay. education, right? So yeah, yeah. yeah. So he, he couldn't really mess with music after that. That's a big change of pace, but all right, yeah, no, totally fair. I understand. And then uh, I would say we're like the second generation of Southeast Cartel because uh, franchise was the only one left, and I think he he was about to stop it, but he met us during some events that were that were popping off here. Yeah. And me and him hit it off because uh, just you know when you're passionate about something and you find somebody just as passionate. Yeah. Uh, so that's what happened, and he he was at that point just uh, you know straight up lyricist rapper, but he didn't really have like a studio to go to. And by that time, I graduated already graduated from an audio school here and i was already doing my thing yeah so when i think we brought him in for one song that we we collaborated with and the chemistry was just really good that by the end of that song he asked us if we wanted to join southeast cartel so that's that's how it started man so is it kind of you guys operate more as a collective now yeah the uh the thing was even before southeast cartel me and my uh other group mate named vision we were already part of like three other groups or three other small productions yeah and um they always had a leader and the thing with with having a leader is the the group is only as good as the leader right that's the truth i feel you so if if the leader isn't you know and most of the time the leader is just the person that brought everybody together but it doesn't necessarily mean that they're the best in the like they're the best position to be a leader right yeah that's that's brilliant man i love that so and the reason we left the we me and vision left all those groups is because they just weren't going anywhere or they just didn't have good leadership uh and in our opinion so we ended up leaving and when we joined southeast cartel when i talked to franchise we all agreed that there's not going to be one specific person calling the shots but instead it's going to be uh like a uh, we're all going to be voting and everybody has equal say in the group that's brilliant man i love that and so how long have you guys been operating on that motive oh since since we started since, since uh, started. we follow uh i met with chai's and and we started collecting more people that's that's crazy man so in that regard with your southeast cartel would you say that you have a, a north of north american fan base and a filipino fan base that are separate and then also like a bilingual fan base that might know uh your and your guys music just kind of the most yeah yeah I, I would i would say that that's that's spot on we majority of our um listeners are people who understand tagalog just because okay. uh 50 percent to 60 percent of our music is uh tagalog right and then we mix it yeah. with english yeah, so yeah. um most of the people that listen to us in philippines of course and in um canada i would say the majority are people who speak english and tagalog but we do have a couple of fans that are not filipino or they don't speak or understand tagalog but they like the english stuff so that's amazing man and and we're trying to ramp up those numbers on that end because i can see with uh, a lot of your solo stuff as of recent you've been focusing more on the english aspect but still uh implementing uh some tagalog here and there right yeah because to be honest bro like i i don't speak tagalog as fluently as the rest of my people (laughs) i feel you okay Uh, because i grew i grew up here and uh 
um, my parents spoke to us in English because they wanted us to get uh, assimilated right away, you yeah. know. And during when I was in elementary school, there's not a lot of Filipinos in, in my school. So all I had were English speaking people. It was only till high school that there was more uh, Tagalog speaking people. And I was yeah. able to um, rediscover my language again. You know? So what I've been trying to do with, with my music is I still make music in English because I want to be able to incorporate a lot of people that are similar to me. But at the same time, uh, kind of in start introducing bit by bit uh, some of the Tagalog language just so that people can get used to it. And also if you're if you're a Filipino but you don't understand Tagalog, you know, that's hopefully going to help you learn new words. And if you're not a Filipino, I'm starting to get you used to those words here and there, you know? I definitely feel that last statement, man, because with your with your track Hungry and that bar you use with Gutom, I, yeah, I just yeah. thought, I obviously I had to look it up to be certain, mm-hmm. but like I, I knew what you were going for and I, I thought it was dope. I thought the implementation was kind of flawless. It was powerful, effortless, and I think you executed it without losing any audience, which is sometimes when, when people switch uh, to another language, they lose the non-native speakers right yeah perfect yeah thanks man <laughs> i'm glad yeah. i'm glad it turned out like that of course dude that, that's the vibe i was picking up but uh to jump into your music actually so i, I only looked really into your solo career which you, it seems mm. that you started really running strong within just last year 2019 yeah um before i joined any groups back back in the sound click days i was a solo artist yeah and um that that was probably like 17 years ago uh, is any of that stuff accessible yeah, like personally, it's no longer out there just because um, a lot of the stuff has been taken down or I didn't keep a good uh, online record of it. Okay, fair. Um, but uh, ever since joining up with Southeast Cartel, I'm in a group full of really talented, really creative people that uh, throughout my whole, let's say, music career with the group, I've begun to evolve, I've begun to change, and uh, my tastes and my ears changed. So this year, or wait, last year, sorry, I decided, you know what, like um, being part of a group, we, can, we tend to release music really, really slow because everybody's got to be happy with, with the recordings, with the mixes, right? Yeah. Um, so, but in no means is that like a, a bad thing. It just, it just takes a little more time to put out material, but creatively, like my mind and, and my, uh, inspiration is, is, is going on 24 seven, right? Yeah, so for I, sure. I feel you. And I thought, you know what, while I'm doing this with, with the, with the group, you know, I got a couple of song ideas. I got a couple of uh, concepts I want to be able to create. So I was able to do the EP because I, I actually started with an EP, not an album, because I just wanted to see if I could put out something really quick. Uh, and even creating that music, it only took me about a month to, to kind of think up and write. And but did you produce it as well? For the production end, uh, I didn't. I actually had, uh, I just went on online and YouTube and, and some producers uh, I know. Okay, yeah, okay. So I just um, paid for the beat, uh, took the license and, and did what I could legally with it. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. What's the title of that EP? I don't want to butcher it. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's called Young Dreams. Young yeah. Dreams? Yeah, but it's spelled, uh, so there's a street here called Young Street. And uh, yeah. when I moved to Toronto, that's basically where uh, we hung out and kind of did uh, did our thing. So it's a, it's kind of like a play on words. Young Dreams as in like, you know, young, Y-O-U-N-G. And then young as in the street that I, I grew up around. That's awesome, man. I love the reference in the title. Um, I, and I got to say, man, so for these interviews, obviously, I'm trying to do as much research as I can as possible to not mm-hmm. come in empty handed. And uh this is this you're on the latter half of my interviews here mm-hmm. and it's it, it obviously once you do something quite often it starts to feel a little bit like work more mm-hmm. than it, it was the passion that you originally started with mm-hmm. and you this this fucking ep man it reignited that passion man i don't know what it did but it gave me shivers it's a <laughs> uh, yeah no I, I seriously i fuck with it i was mm-hmm. uh, 
it's it's like inspiring. I was I was working my ass off and just grinding through like just whatever I was doing, and I was listening to the, this EP, and it made me feel like like I'm in the future, kind of amidst of all the success that I'm grinding towards. Or bro, that's that's exactly the uh, the concept or the energy I wanted to put in that EP. Because uh, uh, you know, for for doing this for 15 years, there's times where you're always gonna feel like you want to stop or give up or you just don't want to do it anymore. So what I wanted to do was put out a piece of work that it's something that you can motivate yourself to. You know, like if you were to play this i have some people like fans that are they tell me they play this in the morning when they get ready it's i can so that, see it man you know they get acted up for the it. day so and and dude i had that feeling from just the first track picasso oh yeah and, and then <laughs> yeah. then i got through the rest and i was like holy shit it's actually the entire ep yeah yeah i'm a big i'm a big believer in uh, energy bro and um anytime i put out music there's always a kind of energy that i want to either introduce to the listener or enhance so i'm, okay. I'm glad that you you know you got that energy from from that i i feel it man let's let's bring out some of the themes of of that energy and the vibes mm. you were going for there so uh, i talked about picasso that's just kind of a oh man it speaks for itself it's a work of art even even the music video that you did for it i think this was one of your no it's not your first music video you did one with no for no phonies with uh oh no not no oh, phonies no, no. no that's that's my uh official music video like as a solo artist yeah uh, yeah, yeah for picasso um, yeah it's just it's just you jamming in an art studio and then you've got a subtle and but like powerful story behind it that it comes together in the end it's super super cool man thanks like that that whole concept was like i just wanted to do something a little a little different because a lot of the music videos people were putting out in the community um they were relying a lot on special effects and um a lot of different That's true. you know visual changes yeah and you know what it's, it's pretty dope but at the same time i i just wanted to do something different right so i could um, stand out you know, amidst all the content and um one of the things that i started to appreciate was in movies they have a lot of uh, planning of the background right so props yeah all yeah. of that stuff and like to be honest bro i'm not i'm not much of a like a painter or get you know one of those artists yeah no right? i feel you i feel you so luckily i have um I have my uh, fiance who's uh who paints and stuff like that, and, and she knew exactly Ooh. how to set up the background and set all of that stuff up. And Is then, she the one in yeah. your storyboard credits there? Yeah, that's uh, Nina. Hey. And um, I'm just that's blessed beautiful. that I have uh, a lot of really good and creative people on, on my team uh, because that whole like that whole uh, music video is just my concept initially, but Nina was the one who put the storyboard together along with Vision, my other groupmate. And um, they're the ones that, that made it look that dope, man. So I can't I can't take any credit for that. That's it's totally fair, man. I feel like no one really understands the true amount of uh, effort that goes into creating a piece of art, especially when it comes to adding in other elements such as video. Yeah, for sure. Oh, by the way, shout out to to my stylist there too, um, Biggs. He's the one who styled me up for the. Hey, and you're you're definitely looking styling. Uh, and one thing that I want to point out as well is in your in another music video that you were a part of, Trenches, mm. with uh, Restlo, Young John Q, Teach. I don't know if I'm saying that right. Is yeah. it Teach or TJ? Yeah. Yeah, Teach, TJ. Either uh, one works. D- directed by Vision as well. Did your did your girl play a role in that as well? Because I noticed that it had the same kind of like storyboard flow. Oh no, um, that one was uh, initially we we came up with a concept with the rest of the the artists there, but it was uh, Vision who kind of glued everything together. Vision glued it together because the, the one thing i picked out is literally at the end of both of these videos that like final scene that you put together it, it's just like it's just like everything comes together as one like if you didn't get it now you get it yeah you, you know the, the the i guess what we were trying to create too bro is um with music videos 
most of the time people don't realize that you need to tell a story, right? Like a lot I of agree. times they just depend on, you know, like what's what's on there, like like cars, flashing money, you know, women, all this stuff. A big field. Right? So yeah, or yeah, just having like a, a group of people backing them up while they're rapping. And it's like at some point in time, like people want to be able to see something different. And uh, one of my uh, m- mindset, I guess, is everything that we do content-wise should always kind of explain something, have a message or tell a story. And uh, RestFlow and those guys, they, they have, they're on the same wavelength. So when we put that together, it was actually a lot of back and forth, just trying to figure out how to be able to tell the story. And uh, Ian just did an amazing, amazing job putting it together, bro, because <laughs> we just kept I throwing agree, him ideas, man. man. So he was yeah. the one who, who figured out how to make everything work visually. Man, it was, I thought it was amazing. And so the, the people that you worked with entirely on that, are they all part of your Southeast cartel? Uh, no, that's actually a couple of different uh, groups, two okay. other different groups here. So what's really cool in the last, I'd say, three or four years, bro, there's a lot more uh, Filipinos that are coming out of the woodwork in our community. Nice. Yeah, I do. I do. And uh, one, I think it's when we started, uh, we put out one of our music videos called Pal, Baria Islam. I don't know if you've seen yeah. that one. But uh, when we put that out, it kind of shocked a lot of the Filipinos, not only in Philippines, but in, in Toronto. Because the at that point, audio-wise and video-wise, there was not a very high standard, right? Because we didn't yeah. have any professionals. But on, sure. but on that song, like, me and Vision, we, we grew up together since high school. And um, he never went and uh, took what do you call it like cinematography or, or videography yeah. he never took that uh, yeah, yeah. Um, but he was very passionate about it whereas I was very passionate about the music end so in our group I was always doing the music stuff he was always doing the videos so after you know, five or six years of mastering our craft we were at a very high standard in terms yeah. of, of the sound that was coming out of a community so when we, when we dropped Pari Islam like the video was on point the audio was on point and even where we shot it it was uh, the same place that Drake shot Energy that, uh, that song of his no way yeah. so we were able to use that place just to shoot that and when we released it like i said people were were shocked or they didn't realize that you know filipinos can put something out that were of a professional quality yeah and um i ever since then you know we've been performing with that song trying to push it out here in the here in toronto and a lot of people have been inspired at least what that's what they tell us they've been inspired to come out and and, and make music so that's beautiful man i love that and so uh how important is it for you to uh to export your your music and make it pop in the philippines so as always, like um, when we're looking at it from a, a business point of view, you always got to look where your target market is, right? For sure, for sure. And um, the, the really cool thing about our music or our style of music is you can't say that it's strictly a Filipino sound. I agree. Um, but it, it has a different, a different feel to it. And, and the concepts we talk about are how we phrase words. Even in the way we speak Tagalog or rap Tagalog is different from back home, right? So yeah. We, because we haven't been there for a long time, we start developing our own slang here too. For so sure. um, people in Philippines, when they hear us, you know, they're very surprised because it's, you know, it's someone rapping in Tagalog or making music in Tagalog, but yeah. the presentation is different. The mentality is different. Um, so first and foremost, like Philippines, obviously you go where, where there's water, right? So that's the spot where we always, of course, I feel um, focus you. on. But at the same yeah. time, uh, we're not limiting ourselves to only focusing on like a specific area. With with the uh, internet and with you know being able to access different platforms and, and different uh, people, we're uh, still focusing on Filipinos, but Filipinos worldwide. That's amazing, man! I love that. Um, so we're gonna take that break that I told you we're talking about. We're just a little bit past the twenty minute mark. It'll cut us right here. We're gonna listen to one of Reggie's tracks titled "Story of My Life." <laughs> Thank you. 
fuck unless you do Homie, that's something that I'm used to Growing up, man, we never had much Best believe I've been willing to go through you But it know I ain't gon' lie But it know I ain't gon' lie But it know I ain't gon' lie There were days that I wish I'd die, but Looking back now, what would mama say? If I did die, homie, what my daddy do? Will you mark my divorce as young bro, bro? Looking back now, there's too much to lose But it know I ain't gon' lie But it know I ain't gon' lie But it know I ain't gon' lie Homie, that's the story of my life now as a kid growing up, I used to think I was never enough I was too skinny, man, I was too nerdy Too poor and too ugly for someone to love Mama and Papa and some ways I failed you Both of you had high hopes That I would be an engineer or a lawyer But I took a different road High school, I chilled with the riffraffs When I heard pop, that's when I dick rap Had no way to vent my feelings to Buster and I met He gave me a CD, a mixed crap And I will forever have love for you, bro You went and opened the way I found the freedom in things that I wrote It helped keep the pain at bay That's when I figured my corner Decided I'm all in Decided this was what I wanted to do For the rest of my life and that I wasn't stopping Shout out to Momo and Gino, a boy And the rest of the homies too even when people had told me to stop They told me to keep on going, guess they knew Dreams don't work unless you do Homie, that's something that I'm used to Growing up, man, we never had much Best believe I've been willing to go through you But it know I ain't gon' lie But it know I ain't gon' lie But it know I ain't gon' lie There were days that I wish I'd die, but Looking back now, what will mama say? If I did die, homie, what my daddy do? Will you mark my divorce as young bro, bro? Looking back now, there's too much to lose but it do I ain't gon' lie But it do I ain't gon' lie But it do I ain't gon' lie Homie, that's the story of my life now Put out a lot of songs Had a lot of hopes Had to stay strong though During times I was hella broke And I still remember The first time we'd ever go headline the stage That was insane We spent my hours and hours to practice But nobody came My heart grows devastated I was close to being out of patience Out of plans, man, and out of angles Could've stopped and put down the mantle What I thought of my team What are their hopes and their dreams What about all these other Filipino kids Looking for someone or something to believe There's days when the grind is rough All going down, all going up On some days I feel like giving up But on me they all place of trust And sometimes the weight on my shoulder gets heavy The stress be obstructing my view My girl would tell me Don't worry you got this babe I believe in you, I guess she knew Dreams don't work unless you do that's something that I'm used to Growing up, man, we never had much Best believe I've been willing to go through you But it know I ain't gon' lie But it know I ain't gon' lie But it know I ain't gon' lie There were days that I wish I'd die, but Looking back now, what will mama say? If I did die, homie, what my daddy do? Will you mark my divorce as young bro, bro? Looking back now, there's too much to lose But it know I ain't gon' lie But it know I ain't gon' lie But it know I ain't gon' lie Homie, that's the story of my life now you, me, or nobody is going to hit as hard as life. But it ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward.
work unless you do Homie, that's something that I'm used to Growing up, man, we never had much Best believe I've been willing to go through you But it do I ain't gon' lie But it do I ain't gon' lie But it do I ain't gon' lie There were days that I wish I'd die, but Looking back at what my mama say If I did that, homie, what my daddy do? We mark my rusty on bro, bro Looking back now, there's too much to lose But it do I ain't gon' lie But it do I ain't gon' lie But it do I ain't gon' lie Homie, that's the story of my life now everyone and we're back with ragey ragey how you doing brother man i'm just chilling i got my ice cap hey, here i'm good sounds right man let's uh let's jump into the the next track of yours i was gonna bring up your your tracks or we, did we talk about stay blessed no we didn't stay blessed sorry we're talking about the themes in your in your uh, ep young dreams that you released last year just for for anybody tuning in just now stay blessed your track it's it's kind of uh the theme of it is about staying loyal um, is that is that kind of more or less it? Because your your flow your flow is outrageous. You literally say that, and then you're kind of just like obviously flexing a little bit in it, and uh, and mentioning that you're uh, you're falling, but you're not falling down. You're falling forward, and the, the track just kind of exemplifies that. Do you want to elaborate on that a little bit? Yeah, bro. So um, yeah, what what you said it kind of hits the spot. Um, but my mindset when I was writing that song was more on being grateful for what you already have and being grateful for who you are. Uh, so when I came up with, with that whole song, it was more like if you wake up in the morning and, and you're getting ready and you're not feeling 100% or you're feeling down, uh, for you to remember like, yo, you, you have your life to live, just for you to wake up is already a blessing and be able to be 100% yourself. So you're right, I was flexing a little bit, but it's more to, to kind of say like, I'm flexing myself because I'm happy with myself. I'm proud yeah. of being myself. Yeah. It's motivating. It's flexing for even the, the, the simplest things, right? Yeah, and, and you know what? I, I kind of find that a lot of people nowadays, because of uh, the social media and, and all of that, that we kind of tend to forget about all the small things we have. Yeah. Or, you, know, you see all the big more. things that other people have. Yeah, and and uh, at that point, I'd say you know, past two three years, I was in a point where I wasn't really happy or satisfied with what I had or where I am in life. You know, so me come coming to the realization of like everything I have is already good. You know, and everything I have, I can't take for granted. And so that's what that song is about, man. Man, that's awesome. So it's it's kind of like staying humble and just showing humility because it, it's so hard not to focus on all those things that we want. And don't have so i could see why why people would choose this track even specifically to just listen listen very often or i guess in the morning like some people have reached out to you for that's yeah, and crazy and, man. and the thing too is bro like in in life you know once you achieve something for yourself a lot of people kind of overlook that and they're like okay i got this but i still want this that's better than than what i had or what i got for you know? sure for sure and we don't stop and, and smell the roses so to speak to be like you know what like like for example i reached a thousand followers on facebook or or something and to a lot of people people like that's nothing right yeah but you know for a person who actually started from the bottom with like zero followers yeah. reaching a thousand or a hundred is still a still a something to celebrate something to to feel that's happy monumental about, you know? man i feel you on that that's wild um and then going back to another theme i picked out of that track and that's actually it's actually throughout your entire ep here but it's about loyalty man and i know it definitely stems back to you're still having some of your same crew from 15 years ago but do you want to talk a little bit more about loyalty because that's that's a huge huge thing man yeah you know what i, I didn't even realize that <laughs> really? you pointed it out bro yeah <laughs> 
<laughs> you know, I just I just write what I feel like, right? Yeah, and, it just comes automatic. To me. Yeah, yeah. Let's elaborate on kind of like what loyalty, I guess, means to you, or like maybe like moments of disloyalty that you've experienced, or like counter to the point you're trying to yeah, make. It's uh, so for me, loyalty is just like if if you're a real friend, you know, you're not gonna turn your back or you're not gonna backstab anybody that you deem as a friend, right? For sure. Um, and growing up, I had a lot of uh, issues with with so-called friends because uh, when I was younger. I had I had huge circles of people that I would I would meet one day and hang out the next, you know. So yeah. my my circle was was actually pretty big, and every every week I was hanging out with more and more people. And to me personally, I always thought they were they were friends, right? Um, I I didn't really understand the difference between like acquaintances and friends at at that age. Yeah. And uh, that's when I learned the hard lesson where, uh, you know, there's there's certain people out there that act or say that you're, they're your friend, but the moment they could take advantage of you or take advantage of a situation around you, um, they would. And, uh, you know, that, Just, that could be for a- anything. That could be money. That could be them talking behind your back. That could be, like, females, you know, all, all this stuff, man. So I, I, I went you, through man. that. And uh, now my circle is, like, is really small. <laughs> but I'm, I'm happy, you know, because the people I got around me are, are they're, like, 100, you know? Yeah, they're trustworthy. They're they're likely yeah. to never stab you in the back. Yeah, and and what what to me what's important too is the moment that you're not there, they're still gonna be the one speaking up for you, or they got your back covered. So That's that, a to real me, yeah. one, man. That's for sure. And then to me, like a lot of things uh, when it comes to loyalty is important. That's why I don't know if I said it in one of those songs, but like my currency is loyalty. You know what I'm saying? So it's it's yeah. more in the sense of like what do most people hold important? Money. Right? Yes. So a lot of people would do things for money. A lot of people would not do things for money. Yeah. So for me, it's money is money is is not it's, the main thing for me. It's, it's like it's secondary, people. if even. Yeah. yeah. So it's the people around me, and and the way I, I see loyalty in people is like that. To me, is 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 the most important, and and not you know how much money you got and all that. Because you know a lot of people they base friendships and they base um, connections on power, status, wealth. But for me, it's it's, it's not that man. It's it's if these people are real with you, and if you're real with them. Man, I'm I'm happy you were able to articulate it like that because it, it's a really classic tale that I've never heard about from that perspective. Like loyalty as a currency, that's brilliant, man. Because you always hear about the classic stories about people who who are famous now who were never supported when they were younger by their family or friends or uh, pre-fame. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like it's it's kind of like a, a classic hero's tale. That's wild, man. I love that though. Loyalty as a currency. That's beautiful. Thank you. Of course. And then onto your track, remember. Um, that you got you, you threw in a lot of humor into this track. Sorry, sorry if this is a little bit old for referencing, man. I know uh, yeah, it was no, last year, right? No, it's all good, yo. Because uh, uh, to be honest, I, I when I put out that that project, I, I didn't even listen to it for the longest time. Really? Uh, you worked yeah, you worked on it and crushed through it in a month, and then just yeah, it's just you know when you spend so long doing something that after it's finally done, you celebrate. But yeah, I've been listening to it over a hundred times. I'm kind of done. That's I'm kind of done with, with listening back to it. I yo. feel you, man. It's already kind of embedded into your brain as much as it can be yeah so when people ask me about it or reference it it's like it's it's, it's still fresh to me i you know feel what I'm you yeah i do i do it's, it's like it's part of it's part of how you operate more or less and this is a good way to operate mm-hmm. man i want to make it part of how i operate um mm-hmm. but yeah onto that track remember you you input a lot of kind of humor i guess in your lines and in this uh track uh and, mm. and, and uh, a little bit of explicit content but i found that i found it yeah. amazing in the delivery just because it was like kind of kind of genuine um you bring up how like success is the the tip of the iceberg and i just want to kind of elaborate maybe on some of the sacrifices that you had to make in terms of achieving the success yeah man um 
you mind if I if I just talk about the concept of that that first oh, before we please, talk about yes. success? Let's do it. Let's uh, do it. Kind of helps. Yeah. So um, basically, when I, the story behind that song was um, at that point, like uh, our group Southeast Cartel (SEC), we uh, just released our our album called Black Sheep. Okay. And uh, it took us about a year to to finalize that. You know, record, mix, master. Um, marketing, all that stuff. So for about a whole year, we did not go out on the weekends. We were all in the studio. Yeah. So we have Monday through Friday, full-time jobs. Saturday was straight music, no stopping. So we okay. weren't, you know, we didn't go to parties. We And not just like parties, but like fam jams, you know, um, birthdays, all that stuff. We, we didn't go because we were so... We were so into um, finishing the project. Yeah. So once we were done and we released all the music videos, um, it started popping off really, really, uh, really, really big in our community. So we decided as a group, you know what? Let's we put in a lot of work. Let's take like maybe two or three months break from music. All right. Where the weekends, you know, we could spend with family, we could spend with friends, all that stuff. So we started going out more and going to parties, going to um, gatherings, and turns out we had a lot of supporters and fans. And uh, you know, during these parties, man. And like we we, we kind of noticed we got we get treated differently you know that's dope um, man so we're you know like we're treated like local local celebrities so to speak yeah um, people wanted pictures all that stuff yeah like i i, I went to a friend's um what's it called computer shop uh and he was fixing a what's it called a computer for like uh, one of his clients and, yeah. and they brought their friends and the girlfriends or whatever um and those those two girls ended up recognizing me and they no wanted way. pictures and, and i ended up signing their phones mm-hmm. while their boyfriends were watching you know so like, <laughs> you know trying to be respectful what? right so so it's like stuff like this that, that that's like happening on occasion how did you, how did you figure that dropped. those uh those ladies heard about you like what was the direct oh. uh I don't know. Like, so I came in because I was actually gonna uh, teach uh, a buddy of mine some audio engineering yeah. stuff. And um, my friend who owns the um, computer repair shop, after hours, he lets us use it, right? So we'd, we'd be able to be stay there till like three or four in the morning, um, and, and teach teach a uh, couple of people how to mix music. That's so, so cool, that's what I would, man. I would do. Did you operate it as a yeah, as a I'm, business yeah. or? No, actually, at that point, it was just um, just trying to teach because I wanted the community here to to reach the next yeah. level, right? Dude, that's amazing. Um, yeah, and I figured money money's gonna come later on. Yes, but for now, well, let me be a, like genuine, you know, and, and do something for I the people. I love that. I love that. Yeah. So yeah, I, I came early, and those people were still there, and they kept staring at me. Right. <laughs> so it seems a little weird because you don't know if they're they're mad dogging you or yeah. if they know you, right? So yeah, I try not to. Yeah, I try not to um, assume that they recognize me as a as an artist, you know, just because if, if they end up mad dogging me, like it's not a good yeah, look. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. So, um, yeah, and they kept staring. And then after a while, I think my friend went to talk to them. <laughs> and then he came back and he was like, yo, those girls know you. They're like, yes, like they saw you perform at like some big event. Like no that. way. And yeah. And he's like, and they're, they're asking if um, they could take a picture That's with you. That's crazy, like, man. And so yeah. did you know before that moment how memorable your performance was? Or were you aware of that? Um, no, the way the way we perform, bro, it's always like, we're going to go 100% yeah. regardless if there's 10 people, 100 people, or 1,000 people. Yeah. Um, and at the end of the day, it doesn't matter how many people are watching us. But the moment we step off the stage, we just want to make sure that we know that we gave it our all. You know, like we I didn't have that. Yeah, so you're already kind of living in that that uh, kind of ruminants of uh, of that it's already happening before it was validated by people actually approaching you. Yeah, and, and the, the cool thing about, about our team, Southeast Cartel, is like we're always bigging each other up. We're always yeah. believing in one another. 
So it doesn't really matter if other people catch on to us. It's sort of like the whole team is already like motivating one another, you know? Yes. So we didn't really see the, the aspect of like success or, or our music reaching out yeah. there. So, but like going back to the whole, the whole um, vacation thing where we took three months off and, and uh, you know, there's a lot more scenarios like that that happened throughout those three months. Yeah. And uh, one of the biggest things that, that uh, kind of hit me was I was kind of scared of, of letting fame and, and all the celebrity status get to me. Because like you, even though you, you know that's what's happening, it's, it's hard not to let it affect your mind state, right? You, yeah. And like your pride and your yeah. ego. And, and yeah, man, there's, <laughs> I don't want to go too much into detail, but like there's a lot of situations <laughs> where like my ego and, and all that could have I've gotten really, really big. Yeah, uh, and, that's dope, man. And for me, like I had, I had a lot... I've been doing this for a while that I realized that you can't let that happen to you. You can't let pride and ego be the main main uh, factors in, in how you make music or, or how yeah. you move. And um, because that, I was kind of scared of that, that's what that song Remember was. It's like, even though back in the days, like people didn't really believe, they didn't support. And now look, everybody's supporting. Like, I'm not going to let this whole um, celebrity status or whatever fame uh, change me. Like, I'm going to still remember where I came from, the people that helped me. And in doing so, I'm going to stay the same. That's, just doing my thing. That's legit, my man. That's amazing. So do you think that if, like, you hit that level of success at some point within your first five years or first ten years that your ego might have uh, might have not been, been there, like, ready? Like, you might not have been in the same mentality and you might have sabotaged yourself somewhere along the way? Um, to be... To be honest, I, I kind of like the fact that it, it did come now, you know, or as as yeah. of late. Because if, being being younger, bro, being in high school, being a kid, you know, and, and even in my early twenties, um, if, if those things hit me then, I don't think I'd be the same person because I'm I'm not I wasn't prepared mentally, and I didn't go through enough of life to to kind of understand or see what's really important when it comes to the situations That's like amazing, that. That's amazing, man. And do, do you feel prepared? Right. Right now, it's it's you can never to me you can't be totally prepared because you just you don't know what things are until they That's happen, the right? So you know the only thing that you can do is try to keep a level head and understand like your roots. So if if something happens where things escalate, at least uh, uh, I'm comfortable in the fact knowing that I'm somewhat prepared for it. That's what's real, man. I love that, and I love how you uh, shouted out your homies and supporting you because that actually segues us into your next track here, "Hungry" uh, in brackets, "Kutom." Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and that has to be, that's like the theme of that. That's like you and your boys literally fucking just wanting it. You, yo, you hit that right, right on the point. Maybe I shouldn't say your boys. I'm sure <laughs> yeah. your team is a diverse group of individuals, but that, mm-hmm. that track, man, it's strong. And like I said, the the use of uh, two languages, it doesn't take away from uh, like the execution. Yeah, yeah. And um, that's actually when I created that song, I didn't even think of like hungry, the English word. I already thought of like gotom, like the Tagalog word, oh, and that's where I centered the whole the whole thing around. Yeah, and and that's why I've like you'll you'll see me switch between hungry and gotom on certain yeah, lines, yeah. so that people even if you don't read the title but you heard the song, you kind of understand what gotom. I means. see what you're saying. You know? Yes, I do get it. And then yeah, and then your last track there on that EP, do it for who are we doing it for, man? Mm-hmm. Bro, it's doing it for the fans, doing it for the fam. And actually, there's a story behind that too because uh, there's a lot of um, people I meet online. Right, so because social media is so big, people end up finding out about you through Instagram, Facebook, and yeah. all that. And um, there's a lot of big Filipino artists back home, and it turns out like they don't really um, show their appreciation to their fans. Um, so when people would message me or, or at me on Instagram or whatever, I, you know, I would react. I would I would show some yeah, love. Yeah, you, you give them a response. And they're always surprised. 
Yeah, and and they're surprised because really? most of the time they don't they don't really get that experience from these and these these artists, mind you, they're like way bigger than me. Yeah, yeah. Right? Like they got millions and millions of views. Um, but I'm I'm a person with like thousands of views, yet I'm still responding back to to them. So my my whole point on that was like, let me make a song where I'm actually gonna shout out the people that makes this whole music career possible, right? Like, of course you have your team, you have the people pushing you, but the the bread and butter or like the life of a career in music is is the people that. Support you as listeners right i agree so man. that's that the whole aspect man it's like let me give you guys a song and uh, even on the second verse those are real names bro oh um, dude i don't doubt it it was an entire verse yeah. i thought it was bomb yeah and, and the crazy thing was there's there's so much more there's so much more names, i don't I just doubt it, dude. It. yo how did you, how did <laughs> you go through and deciding like did you like i don't want to say it this way because you might piss some people off but did you like rank people or did you kind of just like cut and paste and just or just you pick random no like just just to be fair even though i know i'm not gonna i wasn't gonna tell people but to be fair um i just pick like the top like whoever gave me their names in order because ah. i put out a post saying like you know i'm gonna do a song and i'm, I'm i want to shout out you know the supporters oh. so just put your your name down on the comments or whatever yeah, and uh and then i'll use it so yeah i think it was like initially i had in the first hour i had like 10 to 15 yeah. Yeah. And I was like, okay, good. I can do like, that. You know, yeah. And then the flow, yeah. the flow, the flow doesn't have to be so complex. And then about an hour later, it like doubled, doubled in size. <laughs> I was trying to, I was trying to like puzzle piece the names here and there, yeah, you know, yeah. just trying, trying to get, trying to fit as much as possible to the point where I'm just like, okay, I can't, I can't. If I, if I put any more, it's not gonna be a three minute song, man. We're gonna reach like six to eight. Yeah, minutes, so that's that's the director's cut, cut version. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> but but you know what? It's that was pretty fun because I've never taken people's names and build a whole verse around it. You know, I've I've done a couple of lines where I've used people's yeah. names, but the majority of that was like literally it was names, 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 straight straight through the board, and uh, and making them rhyme was like a very enjoyable challenge. Yeah, dude, I thought it was really cool. First of all, because it, it's not something I've heard done before. Second of all, because it's it's your sign off of this EP. You pretty much like you do the credits in a track of like people who who had your back and kind of inspired you through this. Mm-hmm. That I think is amazing. Exactly. And on that, did you uh, uh, actually no? Sorry, I, I want to bring up one uh, line from this track. You say, "I don't do it for the grants." Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. it's just um, so I guess in uh, in uh, so bro, let me ask first. Where, where are you from exactly? We're, we're based out of Calgary, uh, Alberta. Calgary. Yeah, uh, bro. So do you know do you know some of my homies? Um, what's it called? Twizzy. I do know of Twizzy. Right? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Cool. 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 <laughs> Sorry. I, I but, just um, know of him. He yeah. doesn't know me, or I don't yeah. know if he does. Yeah. Okay. So so you already know what like in, in Canada, there's there's grants where they uh, where the co- the government offers. Yeah, you grants, for right? sure. I wanna I wanna elaborate it on for people who don't know about it though, if we're, as if we're kind of explaining it, like teaching people. Yeah. So um, let me see if I word this right. But um, the government has a certain amount of um, I guess let's just say say cash that they've allocated towards the arts every year and in order for you to to get a piece of that that amount you need to apply for what's known as a grant where the government will give you a certain amount of money but you have to kind of fulfill certain criterias that what are that the criteria have. and so the most general would be um how long you've been doing music for okay right so they usually base that off how, like your releases so they can they can see when you start releasing music because they they really want to take only the people that are very serious interesting with, uh, with it so if you've been making making music for a year and they realize that you have most likely you'll be at the bottom of their um, their list interesting right they're looking they're looking for people that's been putting in a lot of work and that stay consistent because they look at it i guess from a business point of view too they want to make sure the money that they spend yeah i see it that the funds the money that yeah okay i got it you explain it so so that that's in the 
the first, I would say, the most basic requirement. And then there's other requirements where, like, um, you need to have certain numbers and certain stats on um, on your social media. I think that's that's something new they introduced in the past couple of years because before it wasn't part of it, right? So now, like, for, let's say, Instagram, they need you to have at least, like, 10,000 followers. Ten, okay, that's a big departure from what I originally was thinking. Yeah, it, it really depends on the grants. I mean, the bigger amounts, they're obviously going to be expecting a lot more. Yeah, oh, I see, I see what you're saying. Okay, okay. They want to know that their funds are going to reach like a certain amount of audience as well as be put to proper use. So that makes total sense. And 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 to me, it's fair too because if you're really serious with the music as a career, then these are things that you should be checking off your list, right? Ten thousand is a huge number in my opinion. I don't think anybody it is right. Yeah. Unless I don't, I've never seen people, or it's very rare that I see people with over ten thousand and the blue check mark. Yeah, you know what? Um, I've, we've kind of figured out how to do it on Facebook because they had um, different uh, requirements. So on Facebook, we were able to do like twenty five thousand. Um, okay. And and I think we filled out the Facebook number, but Instagram, you know, this it's different platforms have different ways of marketing and they have For different sure. algorithms. Yeah. So I mean, I know a couple of artists where um, it's usually one or the other. So I know a couple of artists that they'll have like twenty thousand. 40,000 um, followers on Instagram, but then the rest of their social media is like YouTube or, or Facebook is really low. Yeah. And, um, or they'll have something big on YouTube, but the not equivalent to the rest of their social media. So it's, it's, and it's kind of hard because a lot of these grants, they expect numbers from all, all of these um, main platforms. So it's very hard to get. Interesting. So what's your experience with grants? If you, if you don't mind talking too much about it. Yeah, there's there's a there's a couple that we we're um, planning to sign on, and it's just it's just really hard because there's um, specific dates ah, that you have to do it in, deadline. like certain months. Yeah, yeah. So it's like you have to hand it in on the month of so and so for you to get uh, to be even not not get, but to be part of that list that they're gonna go over. I see. And decide. That's good information, um, man. Yeah, and, and so we've, we've, we've been trying to focus on that. But again, all the other requirements and criteria is still very hard to, to be on top of that list because they'll only pick like a handful versus like 50, right? So you yeah. really have to, and you, you can't just hit bare minimum. Like you really have to have some of the top numbers to get those. I um, feel that. Yeah. That's so when, when when it comes to, to the lyrics, like I don't do this for the grants, like if I'm putting out music and people are following me, like I'm putting out content because I want people to digest the content and, and to, to relate to it and to like it. I'm not really creating a lot of material to, to reach numbers to get these grants. That, that's that's basically what that line is about. That's brilliant, man. But also in a sense, you're you're doing it, you're doing it, but not for the purpose of doing it. And that's actually what's going to potentially bring it to you. Yeah. And, and it's, I was, um, think of it this way that, uh, in order to for you to reach certain things you you can't spend all your time trying to focus on that it's all these small things are going to bring you to that that certain milestone you know that's the truth man if if i was sitting here and i was like okay i need i need ten thousand followers on facebook and that's all that's my focus then that's the only thing i'm gonna i'm gonna work towards but in reality it's all these other steps that's gonna bring me to that 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 goal right that's brilliant man yeah that's that's what i should that's how i think of it you can't be single-minded and you can't be single focused there's a lot of different things that different elements that go into probably every single thing that we do yeah and 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 the thing too with with uh being a musician or an artist nowadays it's like you you, you got to wear a lot of different hats That's you can't true. just be you know a, a rapper a singer or whatever you just can't be a producer you go, you literally got to be your own uh, company you have to run everything yourself in the beginning right i agree so that's that's uh that's a big thing big thing i, I try to, to to live by and, and, and understand that yeah in order for you to succeed like you said there's a lot of things you need to be able to do and that and that's the truth what you said 
said there, man, is uh, it's something that you kind of have to learn to live by because, and you kind of gain more of an understanding the more you talk about it and the more you live through it. But uh, mm-hmm. it's definitely a kind of like a wavering. There's there's strong points and then there's weak points. You know, yeah, you have your good days where you're killing it, and then your your bad days where you're not so much. You know what I mean? Let's go into your next track there, Story of My Life. Or it's not your next track, but it's coming to this year, it's 2020. Yeah. yeah, your next single. Um, probably the last one we'll actually talk about since we're hitting overtime here. But uh, yeah. Story of My Life, man. This was, this was, I think, the first track of yours that I heard. And it was like you're speaking directly to me. I know a lot of your music, I've kind of like conferred that Word. idea. Yeah, but um, but, yeah, let's talk about it, man. You're, you're, one, one of the points that you made, or you actually almost kind of go through a timeline of your life a little bit. Mm-hmm. Very brisk at some points, but let's talk about uh, one point you brought up is that failing your parents' high hopes of being an engineer or lawyer. I, I don't know if that's exactly verbatim what's happened, but no, no, yeah, that, that's that's basically it. Yeah, bro. It. So you know, being being a you know from a, a culture where parents always you know expect a certain type of um, career or expect a certain kind of job for you yeah. you know and and growing up um it's 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 how they they, they push they push me towards you know trying to be certain certain um how do you say this like to be part of a, a certain career right yeah like, like lawyer doctor nurse yeah yeah, yeah. And, and the thing is like and uh, when i was in school i wasn't good at all the subjects that that kind of lead toward towards those professions okay but uh but i was more towards like artist like cr- like creative writing or like things where my creativity ended up i ended up using more of my creativity yeah then then you know like formulas or or stuff like that um so you grew and, up uh, with this pretty much cognitive dissonance of being told you should be better at these other things while you're you're easily doing the things that you're told not to focus on yeah like like i would i would be doing amazing in like my english classes you know and then my parents would be like oh how come your math is only like 75 or something like yeah yeah <laughs> like i'm not i'm not like i'm not that strong in math but in reality it was like i didn't want to spend time to, to do though you know what i'm saying like, yeah. like when you're interested in something that's where your time goes and everything else to me it was like let me just make sure my, my marks are good so you know my parents aren't gonna i'm gonna complain yeah yeah but let me feel focus on the things that i really want to do you know and it's it's weird yeah you kind of you kind of uh I don't know the right word for this, but you organize your time in a way that you can get away with the minimum and the things that you don't enjoy. And then, uh, you know what I'm saying? Invest, mm-hmm. invest most of your time in, or your love into the things that you do enjoy, but still like while mediating that minimal attention, you need to focus on the other shit. Yeah, bro. And, and with that, with that whole song, that's actually a single off of an album we're currently working on. That's amazing, dude. So, When's the drop? You know, and, uh, I don't have a specific date because it's still in the process, but I'm trying to do it by the end of the year. Um, but, uh, we'll see bro i don't i don't want to rush it too much for sure man and 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 i want it so that it, it's um it's smooth you know like it doesn't feel forced and if there's certain songs that i want to redo or go over like i'm doing that right now so brilliant man brilliant but actually it's it's i like the fact that you you brought up story of my life on a music standpoint too because i don't know if you you can hear a difference between that style of um production over what i had on young dreams like young dreams is very um like trap oriented yeah very very hype and um so Story this whole album, more emotional yeah, yeah and, and um my mindset when coming into this album was a, a very different direction than the ep because like I, I said earlier the ep was something that that is very hype that's supposed to get people inspired and motivated to just get them along their day you know yeah 
Um, but for this whole album, I, I kind of wanted to bring something more personal and, uh, and touch base with a lot of topics that is not technically conventional rap topics, you know, Interesting. Um, which is like story of my life and then going over just, just the whole, the whole, the, the lyrics on that. And what I'm talking about is like, you don't normally hear a lot of rappers make songs like that. No, you know? nobody really brings their, uh, previous failures to light amidst their, mm-hmm. uh, their good days. And, and exactly. And, and the thing with, with failing and the thing with like with going through times in your life where you're down, like I wanted to show that to people because most of the time you see in, in a lot of music and rap music is just the good stuff, right? Or, or they finally reached the peak or they reached a place in their life where they're celebrating. But as you already know, in, in our lives, not everything is good. Not everything is like sunshine and rainbows. We're all going to be going through things where it's going to be a, it's tough. It's going to be a struggle, right? Yeah. And, and I wanted to touch on, and then the rest of the album kind of does the same thing too, but touches on things where it's like admitting failures, admitting mistakes, admitting things where, where in a point of your life, things weren't going that well. But if you notice with, with most of, well, you, from the story of my life, but with the rest of the songs too, it's like at the end, there's always like, a, I don't leave you feeling like down or feeling uh, negative, right? Because if you reach the end of that song or the each end of those verses, it's always like, no, there's people that were supporting me. Yeah. Even though I was going through a tough time, there's, there's, um, there's people that that were there for me and if not then there's things i remember about you know about the love i have for the for my family the love i have for sure for my group mates yeah you know and and even though i'm touching on on these subjects i still want to use it to kind of relate to people and show them you know if you're going through personal issues there's still uh, a you know, light at the end of the tunnel that's fucking dope man i love that and and in that track itself where you were talking about the production a little bit is uh that that guitar sequence was that done live did you do that Oh yeah, bro. So you play the guitar? <laughs> it's not. It's not me. It's not me. It's not uh, you. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So so I, I used to produce beats back in the days, but yeah. I ended up focusing on on um, audio engineering instead. Yeah. Right. Because it, it took up a lot of my time. So for sure. For that for that beat, I actually have a homie in Philippines that uh, we connected online, and he created like the melody, the bassline, all that stuff. Oh no way! And then yeah, I had another homie here who's a, a starting up producer do the drums for me because he actually played drums in his church before when he was a kid so um initially i that's not the original beat the original beat was more trap like like very mellow trap i see um so like the the drum lines and all that stuff was was very um was very laid back but the the energy i wanted to create in that it's it's a storytelling kind of song where i'm not going to throw in a lot of different flows because i want to be able to to get people to hear exactly what i'm saying so i thought if i'm going to be telling a story and i'm not switching through different styles what's another way that i can convey energy or like convey the journey right so i was like well through the drums because um the way that if you listen to the, how the drums are are set up there, certain parts it's, it's mellow. Certain part it comes in really really hard, and other parts it's like it's not even there completely. And that kind of helps me um, partner my lyrics, and my delivery to the song, so that the energy is is on point on every aspect of the production. Man, that's awesome! I love yeah. the complexity behind it. I definitely didn't notice that level of complexity in my on uh, my mm-hmm. couple listens, but uh, I'm gonna look for it for oh, sure on the oh, next yeah, one. Bro. And and I was just lucky because. Uh, I'm also an engineer, uh, audio engineer for different artists here. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I've I've worked with a couple of bands, and so I was able to build a relationship with with like guitarists, um, singers, That's sweet uh, drummers, all that. And and I reached out to uh, one of these uh, guitarists from from a group here named Uppercase, and uh, I really respected the way this guy did solos because uh, it just emotion. 
that you can feel. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and you know, and, and even though I'm into hip hop, I still listen to a lot of different genres. And the one thing I loved about rock music was like the emotion you get from the instrumentation because in a lot of hip hop beats, you don't normally get that. It's a lot of repetition, right? Because they're programmed. Yeah. Yeah. So so my my goal was to like for this whole album actually is to create a different sound where I'm able to blend sounds I like from different genres, but still have it all sounding like a hip hop record. That's awesome, man. And we are going into overtime. So I just wanted to drop one question in that uh, just related to what we were just talking about. What, uh, as from an audio engineer's perspective, the difference between working with uh, live instrumentation and programmed instrumentation. Yeah, Can you so, give me a little insight into uh, that? With, with things that are programmed, usually those are pre-recorded already by by company or by someone else and they'll they'll usually record it at the highest quality so they have the best audio interfaces the best mics the best um, audio analog to digital conversions and they clean it so when you get it pre-programmed it's sounding very very um, polished already but when you record live instrumentation you're recording it raw so being uh, an audio engineer you have to really select the right equipment let's say you're recording uh drums right there's a lot of um microphones that that come along to recording such a big instrument so so me recording yeah. it during the first times i was like oh i just need whatever mics but in reality the specific mics used for specific sounds and then there's the standard of the quality you get from each mic so being able to pre-pro um working with pre-programmed stuff you don't need as much experience in in the recording process and the mixing process because it's already done for you but on the live end uh, there's definitely a lot more work uh, that you have to put in and and i'm gonna tell you right now like when i started working with bands bro like the level of my ears in terms of as an audio engineer and my knowledge when it comes to recording instruments just expanded because i was learning as i as i went and i was studying other other engineers too so i'm, I'm just really really glad i was able to do both that's awesome man and so would you say you'd prefer the ease of working with the program stuff or, or the the emotion and the the genuineness that comes with with, uh, um, the live with, well, with the live stuff, I would love to work only with the live. But the thing is, if it's with only with only. the live, then um, you need people that can play those instruments, yeah. <laughs> right? For sure, and, and a lot exactly. more, a lot more time and effort goes into it. So, you, yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Whereas pre-programmed, like one person can do can do everything, you know. But uh, for me yeah. right now, what I, what yeah, I really yeah. like is um, being able to take the best of both worlds and put it together. And and you can hear that in the story of my life, where um, you know a couple of those things were programmed, and there's a couple of things that were live. But it's hard to tell the difference, but everything sounds good. So I'm trying to trying to do something like that. That's awesome, man. Yeah, that's that's beautiful, dude. Um, and so we did go we did go uh, over our time here. So I just wanted to give you a, a little moment at the, at the end of this interview to just kind of to sign off or say whatever it is you want to say to the audience, whoever's listening out there. Uh, yeah, go for it, man. It's all you. First and foremost, bro, I just want to thank you and Reevolve Media, man, for for giving me this opportunity and platform. Because uh, this this has has been a great experience for me, and I just want to wish you all the success when it comes to launching everything that you have you have set up. Um, and on thank top you. of that, you know, just to end it off, I just want to give a shout out. And I appreciate the efforts you've put into. Uh, no worries, yo. And um, yeah, so I just want to give a quick shout out to um, my family, um, my girl, um, all the other artists that are out there putting in work, you know, trying to reach their dreams, trying to attain their goals, and the uh, Filipino Canadian hip hop music scene, man. Because without all of these people, I don't know where I'd be right now. That's amazing, man. Thank you so much, Ray G, for joining me again. And thank you for all the beautiful shout outs, bro. I appreciate you taking the time out of your day and doing this with us. No problem, bro. Thank you as well. All right, all right take care, homie. And that was Reiji, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us today for this episode. If you want to learn more about Reiji, your best bet is to go to www.reevolvemedia.com forward slash Reiji. 
That's R-A-Y-G-E-E. And we're going to listen to his track, Remember. Since I was a kid, they said I'd never amount to nothing. Hard work's in my blood, yeah, I was always up to something. Dreams up on my back, I guess I wasn't much for fronting, no. Look at me now, y'all, look at me. Look at me now, y'all, look at me. Now I remember all the days that I was going broke. I remember all the ways that I was slowing dope. I remember all these girls used to tell me no. Now all of these girls be sit down to blow. All their hands and their knees, begging me please to give them the D. Look at me now, y'all, look at me. Look at me now, y'all, look at me. Pause. Flashback to the skinny bony geek up in math class Writing 16s while listening to Pox tracks All the G's live kept saying I was mad whack And all of these chicks compared me to pieces of shit My, 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 how the tables are flipped Cause now they be jamming to all of our hits Whoa, whoa, whoa Snap back to reality, honestly I'm just chillin' fulfillin' my wildest fantasies I see a lot of hate and complaining cause they can't handle me I'm slowly losing sanity, just fighting back my vanity uh. They said hard work pays off. I still be working hard regardless if we take off in the kitchen. Rest flicking on a steak sauce. Getting that cake, proper body like a bake off. No lie. Hard to stay humble up in parties filled with mad booze. No lie. Hard to stay humble when girls trying to fuck you in the bathroom. No lie. But through it all, I persevere. Every time I feel like I lost myself Then I think about all the shit that brought me here And it all becomes Since clear Since I was a kid, they said I'd never amount to nothing Hard work's in my blood, yeah, I was always up to something Dreams up on my back, I guess I wasn't much for fronting, no Look at me now, y'all, look at me Look at me now, y'all, look at me I remember all the days that I was going broke I remember all the ways that I was slowing dope I remember all these girls used to tell me no Now all of these girls be sit down to blow On their hands and their knees Begging me please to give them the D Look at me now, y'all look at me Look at me now, y'all look at me So many wanna be up in my chucks Touching these tracks like a Midas Call me Repsin but I'm a lion Legacy lasting like the Mayans Burning unbelievers like clockwork Reach the rooftop from the groundwork Got people spitting lines straight from my verse But the fame is just a tip of the iceberg Cause tell me what the fuck would you know about Putting mad hours in a room with no AC Spend dough on your goals, yeah, word on your soul All you feeling is a song around the daily Homies turn up, getting faded Parties every week, getting lit every night Where you was in the booth just recording and mixing Vocals with the beat, then repeat with the grind That's facts Simply stating now it is true. Sacrifice a lot when it comes to this. True. Left a lot in the dust through assaults and barrages. We marching on up. That's a wrap. For me and my fam, I'm hella competitive. Yeah, I'm competitive. I rose from the tenement, work over talent. The octagon's optimal specimen. Man. Since I was a kid, they said I'd never amount to nothing. Hard work's in my blood, yeah, I was always up to something Dreams up on my back, I guess I wasn't much for fronting, no Look at me now, y'all, look at me 
look at me now, yeah, look at me Now I remember all the days that I was going broke I remember all the ways that I was slowing dope I remember all these girls used to tell me no Now all of these girls be sit down to blow On their hands and their knees Begging me please to give them the D Look at me now, yeah, look at me Look at me now, yeah, look at me